what do you think about Aaron? I mean, <laughs> I think we can guess. You're listening to Pop Apologists, and today we discuss the indignities Lauren is suffering in her journey to find a job, the celebrity couples we follow a little too closely on Instagram, Stassi Schroeder's epic meltdown in Vanderpump Rules, Leah from Roni's naked tiki torch tantrum, and our shameful secret thoughts about Denise Richards' husband, Aaron. Buckle in, baby. Well, 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 episode four, we finally got here. They say third time's a charm. Well, fourth time, it's going to blow you out of the water. People are really just going to be shocked. They're going to be titillated. They're going to be surprised for the beautiful and exciting ideas, thoughts, inspiration, stories, tales, everything we have in store for them today. All right. Well, with that over promise, we have to get this started with a little bit of news. It is sadder. Our third member who completed our trifecta, Megan, has had some things come up and some things she needs to prioritize and so she will not be joining us for the future it's very sad we will miss her with every episode and we'll just try and soldier on without our dearest megan we're gonna try our best we totally miss her and before you get any dramatic thoughts in your head or before your brain starts running wild with scenarios of why the pop apologists have dispersed let's just squash any rumors we don't want the daily mail reporting on this yeah megan has just had some work things come up and she's just going to be way too busy professionally and so like chan said we will always love her and she will always be a pop apologist and with that sad news let's dig into it sis shall we let's do it chan how has your first week been in quarantine my first week this not my this is your your (laughs) last week the last how has your last week been the last i certainly not the last week of quarantine but this oh my gosh i literally cannot win how has (laughs) the week prior to today been for you look i'm just saying all time is a flat circle right now and i need to cling to any sense of structure okay i admire your commitment to precision i'm wondering what the statement time is a flat circle is that philosophical time is a flat circle time is is a flat circle is that a koan um is that a poem it's maybe an incorrect haiku. It just basically means that it goes on forever and ever and there is no clear end or beginning. Okay, but wouldn't if, if it went on forever and ever, it would be a three-dimensional circle. But if it's a flat circle... I mean, a, a circle, a two-dimensional circle doesn't go on forever and ever? Honestly. And around? Neither of us majored in physics and it's showing right now. So let's just keep, let's just keep it rolling. Oh, let's dig into it. So it was my friend's birthday. Shout out, Ben. And I really needed to prove to myself that I was capable of hobbies. And by hobbies, I mean baking. So I decided to make not just one dessert, but two from scratch. I woke up at 6.50 a.m. ready to prove this to myself. I got suited up. I went to the store. I got into several tiffs with mom about messing up the kitchen for this cake and pie. I was just telling her about how much stress this had put me under. Mind you, this was all self-induced stress. I really put this cross upon myself. Yeah, it was certainly the cross you had built to bear on your own. But I will say that mom, love her. She will admit this 
openly and she will shout it from the rooftops of her San Clemente home. Whenever you use her kitchen, it is like nails on a chalkboard for her. She Mm -hmm. can hear it happening. Mm -hmm. She can hear the mess beginning. And it doesn't matter how much you vow to clean it afterward. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't like it. And so, yes, using her kitchen is is, it's a thing of courage to try to do. So I, I applaud that. Thank you. This was an act of bravery. And so in all this stress and fury, it really made his birthday more about me than about him. And I actually think this is my most natural hobby. Making other people's events about yourself. Yes. And so that's the, sure. that's the breakthrough that I reached this week. Although it was a gorgeous chocolate cake and icebox pie. Did you have an amazing Ben's birthday? Was Ben's birthday just like one, a great day for you? Ben's birthday was such a great day for me personally. It was one of my favorite days. Anyways, so my hobbies are going well. I'm just picking them up along the way in this quarantine quest to find myself. Wait, so tell me about baking the cake from scratch. Was it actually that hard or did you just have to mix the stuff in mom's $350 KitchenAid? This is the validation and the true narrative I was looking forward to telling. Yes, it was hard. I had to sift the ingredients twice. And I don't know, you probably don't know what sifting is. I had to use like a strainer and you have to pour like the flour and all of the dry ingredients through a sifter into a bowl. And then you have to re-pour another bowl to make sure everything was properly mixed. I watched Ina Garten's video on making a chocolate cake where she mm-hmm. sifts flour two weeks ago. Oh, so that's I'm actually ahead of the sifting game. You've actually never, you've never mentioned sifting or anything like it before. Like, and we've hung out and talked like every day since. So that's just funny. Well, it's it's not like I've mentioned trussing. Do you know how to truss a chicken? (laughs) You may know. Do you even know what trussing means? You maybe watched the video when I was at your apartment a few nights ago. Oh, the Ina Garden video for trussing the chicken. Oh, shoot. Okay, so you do know what that means. (laughs) Anyways, have you ever done it? Have you ever tied a chicken together with string, Chandler? I don't look. I don't like handling raw poultry. I don't know when I'm gonna like cross that threshold in my adult life. But I just don't like handling it. I'm sorry. I, I will be honest with you. When I was handling the raw bird, yeah, Ina starts off her video saying. The giblets have been taken out and reserved <gasps> for another time. Ugh. And I just I just took that for granted when I first watched mm-hmm, the video. Mm-hmm. I just thought, yeah, the giblets have been removed. No problem. <laughs> I had never handled the raw bird before. I definitely took, took that for granted. So when I got my chicken that I was going to bake this week, because I did oven roast we chicken, go. of course. Infringing on my hobbies. And it was delicious and stunning. I got the raw bird in it. It was a very carnal and... Spare me. No, no. I'm not saying there was like any... It wasn't positively carnal. (laughs) There wasn't like... I wasn't... Raw desire. There was no like... I don't know. It was was strange. Was it graphic? It was kind of graphic and obscene. Holding (laughs) the chicken. Being able to fully see like where the head had been severed. I know. And then like the the holes out of each end, it was actually somewhat dark to hold the raw bird. The most graphic part of this okay. whole experience, no. don't you hear it? No. Was removing the giblets. Do you the want me giblets. to tell you this story? No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about gizzards. I don't want to hear about giblets. I just, I, it's not Thanksgiving. I don't want to hear those words. I want to just move forward. Tell I mean, me. It's, okay, just okay, tell me. Okay. I put my hand through to get the giblets out and it was like a pretty constricting area that I was putting my hands through like it was like I'm just thinking this is a lot of work to get these giblets out you know and like I can I can't fit my fist through whatsoever like it's probably only like five fingers but not the not the actual we need to put an explicit marking next to this episode now anyway it becomes abundantly clear to me like two minutes into struggling to get the giblets out that I'm going in through the wrong (gasps) (laughs) I know is that so? My chest is tightening so up. Gross. I think I'm having a panic attack mid episode. I'm. <laughs> I mean, th- 
the things you do when trying to make a delicious meal, I will say Ina did not prepare me for what exactly no. is involved in removing the giblets. So. I don't think she removes the giblets on on her little videos because she's always wearing like a lovely uh, button up polo like linen shirt, and so she couldn't she, she couldn't remove the giblets. She couldn't get elbow deep in that with with those types of shirts on. Oh, not even close. Yeah. Well, it's only a pill from here, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this week, your quarantine quest to find yourself. You baked a cake for Ben for his birthday and made his birthday all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? You know, I've actually not been working this whole week. I've had the week off of work. I returned back to our childhood home and I've been sleeping in my childhood bed, which is a twin, which is very small. I'll just go ahead and say that a twin bed is very small. And if anyone here sleeps in a listening here sleeps in a twin bed, like I'd like to start a GoFundMe for you and get you out of that situation. You're in the room with the ocean view, right? No, I wish I was in the room oh, with the ocean the view. I mom has made that into her painting studio, and she has not once been in there to paint the entire time I've been home. I'm oh in the gosh. I'm in like Courtney's old room, the, the the room that used to have chocolate brown walls. Thanks to you. Okay, well that room also has a twin bed, and I just know no, that it's when a I full. Moved... It's a full, Lauren. You've been sleeping in a full, thinking it was a twin. Oh, Try I a guess twin. It was a full. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a twin. Full oh, swerve. Okay, well I will say that. There's something about waking up in in your childhood home that just makes you pr- feel particularly not successful or cool at 26 when I moved home for a little <laughs> while to figure out my life. I remember I, like people would always ask me, well, how's, how, you know, how are things going? Like I would always just kind of be like, well, you know, woke up in my childhood bedroom today. So <laughs> not well, bitch. And at least you had you had the best childhood bedroom. So I don't even feel bad for you. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm interrupting, making your quarantine quest to find yourself all about me like you did Ben's birthday. Anything else you want to go over? You vacationed for a week? No, that's it. Your first, your last, your prior week in quarantine? No, I mean, I'm excited for what the next one holds. (laughs) Yes. So what about you? Well, my week... My week has been really good. As I as I told in explicit detail, I roasted a chicken. It got pretty graphic, but I've had a I've had a really good time cooking and you know working on our Instagram account and memes and just loving that. But I will say, Lauren is the, the meme queen. I will say this: Lauren is driving ninety nine percent of the content right now. I'm working on getting better at it, and Lauren is killing the game. I had no idea what an undertaking this would be, but thank you, Chan. I'm I'm excited to keep going. So anyway, wow. my week, my week has been good. I will say I have made a little bit of progress on applying to jobs. I would say I did one thoughtful job application this week. Great. Yeah, it's great. But you know what happens when you do so there's two different types of job applications, and I'm sure you don't need to be told this. You are, you know well-employed but if you have if you (laughs) well endowed (laughs) well-employed you are fully um employed but if you are applying for a job you can either just kind of submit your resume somewhere or you can tailor your resume to the job you can write a thoughtful cover letter okay Mm -hmm. and you can to write a thoughtful cover letter it's important that you do two things one that you demonstrate how you'd do well at the job, and two, that you show the hiring manager that you care enough to have personalized that cover letter and done research on the company, right? Yeah, yeah. So the thing that I, I think realized startlingly and vividly this past week is just the kind of BS that comes along with applying for jobs, right? 
Because when you're applying for jobs, you have to pretend to be passionate about a company's mission. And for some companies, that's going to be real. Like if I was going to work in a hospital or be a firefighter, I would definitely be passionate about the missions of those organizations. Because like, you're passionate like, about saving lives? I approve of <laughs> things not on fl- on fire. Like that is something that I think we should I will endorse of. this building not being on fire. <laughs> exactly. Like less things in flames. Sure. That's a, that's a goal I can get behind. Healthcare, I think it's great. I love it. <laughs> I will say when I'm applying for a job at like a um, construction technology firm, <laughs> it's real hard to pretend I'm super passionate about bringing, you know, construction technology to more companies that need it. I'm so excited about your B2B enterprise. The reason why I bring this up is because <laughs> you just, I'm picturing you putting on some sort of hard hat while you type this in your Word doc. <laughs> well, before I got my last job, I had an interview with a Santa Barbara company called Procore. We can just, everyone look it up. Procore in Santa Barbara. Hello, Procore. Yes. Shout out. They will never sponsor us after this. <laughs> they, they're a construction project management software company. And I wrote an impassioned cover letter. You know, perfect, appropriate in length, but perhaps inappropriately convicted for their service. <laughs> and I just said, dear hiring manager, I understand the value of project management technology firsthand. Firsthand? What do you mean firsthand? Well, I likened this back to when we had construction issues with our house, mm. which dragged on for a very long time. And I basically said that perhaps if we had had a software like Procore, we could have been saved the years of heartache that oh gosh. resulted from not being able to you know, have oversight into the project manager's work. I just got chills. Wow. Yeah. Well, it sent tingles down the hiring manager's spine too, because <laughs> my potential boss said, when can you start? And I said, I can start now. You know, I just oh, want wow. to see so incredibly enthusiastic. Look, I have, I've got a chip on my shoulder due to some issues that I experienced as a teenager and I can start immediately. <laughs> I can start at midnight. Anyway. I have an axe to grind. A vendetta. Thank you, Procore, for this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. for the Thank you, Procore. So <laughs> all to say, coming full circle, it is just not necessarily the most fun thing to have to pretend to be like passionate a bunch about a bunch of random company missions. Totally. So that really is the dark part of well, I think finding a new job. I'd like to encourage you to do one thing and I'd like to encourage you to dig deep, you know, and find those anecdotes that you can relate to a company's mission because I think you've got it within you. I really do. So I think you just need to Challenge yeah, it's yourself. actually unfortunate. I definitely have it within me. I definitely know I can pull that BS. Yeah. And it is just the modern indignity we all must suffer. Yep. You know, it's what it is. So anyway, that is that has been my week. Applying to jobs, shoving my fist up chickens' asses. It's really oh my been gosh, cutting cool. that 100%. Uh. So that's been my week. Applying to jobs, taking the innards out of chickens. What a well, what a time. Well, you and I recently did uh, a little bit of soul searching and we had a little discovery that we both follow some celebrity couples on Instagram, possibly a little too closely. Uh, yeah, we definitely do. We just want to come clean to the world about some people that we we just keep too close of a watch on. We really just want to come clean to the listeners about the couples that we keep tabs on because it's not healthy. And you know, they'd probably be horrified if they knew how much we stock them. Well, it is actually kind of embarrassing. Um, it's 100% embarrassing. 
let's top line this. The first couple that we want to discuss is Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton. I want to I want to revisit the conversation you and I had when I said, Lauren, how much do you know about Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton? And you said, what do you think I know about Jeffrey Dean Morgan? But basically... Wait, no, this isn't... That's, that's not how it went down. You said, do you know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is? Yes, that's true. That's true. And I said, do I... Well, I'll let you tell the rest of the tale. And you said... Do I know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is? So for those who don't know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, I'll give you a quick recap and then Lauren can tell you how she knows all about him. He's on Walking Dead. He was in Grey's Anatomy. He was Denny Duquette. He's a really sexy man. He's a really rugged man. He has a facial hair situation that I'm searching for currently in a partner. Um, Yeah, good luck. Basically, him and Hillary Burton have been together for over 10 years. They live on a farm and up they have a, a farm in upstate New York I'm sure they have multiple houses where she says she spends most of her time in a Carhartt flannel with muck on her boots who talks like that I don't know I want to talk like that they have two kids together and they like they people always said they were married but they weren't they recently like tied the knot and they're a gorgeous couple and the love between them is so real I believe in their love. I don't believe in a lot of celebrities' loves anymore. I mean, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler today announced their divorce, or yesterday. And so anyways, I'm just, in these dark times, I'm I'm looking to Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton for solace. And Oh, they also own a candy shop with Paul Rudd in upstate New York. Like, what? Okay, so here's my question. First of all, what do you love? Like, what do you love about this couple? Because I didn't really follow them at all until yeah. you had, until here's, I just knew who he was. And mm-hmm. this is how I, I knew who, who he was because I too was swept away by his charm and just overall dimples. masculinity. Mm-hmm. Did you say his nipples? Dimples. <laughs> dimples. <laughs> Which actually you can see his nipples though in the in Grey's Anatomy if you want to go look. My taste in guys has was extremely shallow like like you could correlate my youth and how shallow I was about men those two metrics are positively correlated sure so Jeffrey Dean Morgan to me was not hot I did not think he was a hot guy when I watched Grey's Anatomy which is kind of wild what? because he really is a genuinely beautiful oh man oh my gosh yeah you I literally thought, didn't like, think that no I thought Ugh. he was like looked like a dad and maybe like wasn't <sighs> ripped those those you're you are disgusting neither of those things like looking like a dad great not being ripped even better for me Wow. well i'll pass on the second but what's so funny is i remember i probably watched Grey's anatomy at 18 or whatever and then at 24 i was creating a pinterest board called iso that's internet terms for in search of and it was just a pinterest board of hot guys guys i thought were hot and i remember seeing a picture of jeffrey j morgan on on pinterest and thinking he is actually really attractive but he's attractive in a unique way and i thought i had discovered that jeffrey d morgan was cute and probably no one else like understood this and i like i like i thought this was my unique discovery and contribution to the world so yes jeffrey d morgan i was the one to unearth that he was hot um back oh in really okay you're gonna claim that okay i think so and yeah he's on my per- pinterest board in search of he's there with richard Gere, with brad pitt just uh-huh. with some all the classics you know john f kennedy jr just some I real real goodies I recently saw a theory and somebody posted about it I can't remember who anyways they said that there 
only attracted to men with large noses or like interesting and i actually feel like it's totally true i feel like that 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 with jfk jr that's a that's a situation i don't think i see i do not think jfk jr has a large nose really yeah do you do i feel like he had like a little bit of a big nose or no 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 sorry i'm mm, i'm getting someone confused again (laughs) here i go again getting someone confused okay i might i might have gotten i might have gotten um sean penn (laughs) my gosh you are seriously (laughs) you don't even know who lives in this world you don't know who anything is how do you have a podcast about pop culture? You don't know the difference between Tim McGraw and Dr. Phil and now JFK <laughs> Jr. and Sean Penn. Like, I'm so sorry. Woman abuser Sean Penn, who's like 70 and is dating. Well, I do. Know, I know who JFK Jr. is. I know that he's with Carolyn Bissett. I know. I know who he is. I just got their faces swapped in my brain. What's hilarious about that is when you said JFK Jr. has a big nose. I was like, oh, wow. I never even thought he had a big nose. Like, maybe I'm not as shallow as I thought. And then... Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, pop apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor, try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by FrameBridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Okay, let's move forward. I'm sorry, listeners. (laughs) That's hilarious. Sean Penn is not hot at all. I don't even know what you're talking about. Ugh. Look, this is a theory. I'm not saying this is my theory, but I am saying it is a theory. Um, yeah. So anyways, moving right along, another reason why I really like Hillary Burton and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a couple, I just think they seem like a really, like a couple who truly does love each other and they post like very imperfect things. And I don't, none of it feels like a Chrissy Teigen, like John Legend, like trying too hard, mm-hmm. like imperfection. It feels yeah. like very real, like I feel like the filters are pretty bad that they use and they just seem to have like a really lovely life. And the fact that they like kind of, they kept their relationship a secret for like a really long time. I, I don't know. 
as even though I am a pop culture enthusiast, I do kind of appreciate that. Why? Sometimes I feel with certain people, I think it is like indicative of like the the relationship being like really strong. Oh, you mean they weren't, they weren't, they, it's not like their relationship was a secret from everyone. It was just a secret. They were more private. Yeah, they were, they're, yeah, they were super private. But I I don't know that that's true of everyone, but to me, it struck me as like indicative of their love. Okay. Well, I like that. I like Charles Esten from Nashville. He played Deacon. Oh, yeah. He was my major crush, I would say, the year I was 25. I thought Deacon was so hot. Oh, my gosh. Like, out of control. How tall do we think Deacon is, though? I, I think tall. I don't know. I think tall. He strikes me as he has 5'10 energy. Oh, I mean, you know Tim McGraw is 5'10? I Tim can't McGraw is that. an inch taller than us. One inch. That that shakes me to my core. Do you know how tall Faith Hill is? 5'10. Same height. Can you imagine? dating someone your same height i mean like it's tim mcgraw though so my, but like okay but my yes my deepest romantic crush in my in, as a single woman was on tim mcgraw but i will say i think if the rubber hit the road and i met him in person i don't know if i could have handled the same oh come situation. on you could have handled it i don't know don't fool yourself you could have handled it when i saw tim mcgraw at the stadium of fire he was 100%. No contest. 510. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm I'm not going to lie. Just thinking about this, you're 100% right. I would I not what I find a way. I would have fallen down the way the second we met <laughs> in real life. You're 100% right. I remember I bought a front row ticket for myself and went by myself, went alone to a Tim McGraw concert in LA. <laughs> Let's never forget that moment. Soul to soul. I, I remember on my Instagram teasing the day before, so excited, the best day of my life is tomorrow. And then everyone tuned in the next day where all my stories, it was full faith and full Tim. I was front row to their soul to soul tour. Chandler, yes, you remember correctly. So hot in real life. The muscles bursting through that freaking shirt. I don't yes. even know. Can I talk I remember. Like this with a boyfriend? I feel like, is this is this disrespectful? I remember those muscles from Stadium of Fire, sister. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I, okay, we need to continue this podcast, so we just have to move forward. But Let's just move forward. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, so let's just dig into some quick VPR from this week because I don't think we need to fully do a deep dive. Nope. Some quick highlights. The psychic situation, we had some disagreement among our friends. Mm-hmm. I felt that it was totally fine of Sheena to do that. Maybe it's because I don't take psychics seriously and don't really believe in them, but I really didn't think it was inappropriate. Okay. From my perspective, I also wasn't totally turned off by that sort of offering from Sheena. When it did become inappropriate for me is when it appeared that the psychic was waiting outside. Like, I don't also want a psychic sprung on me. And knowing how strong Dana's connection was with her mom, I don't think I would want to just, like, have that type of encounter without any sort of preparation or just, like, you know, generally being warmed up to the idea. Didn't you think it was straight up rude, though, the way she responded? Rather than just being like, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, but I do appreciate where you're coming from. There was none of that. And it was just like, wow, I can't believe you would think that I would be ready to do this. I will say that when it comes to a deceased family member or obviously something very, very dark, you're just going to kind of lash out and behave badly when, you know, when things are triggering for you. So maybe that was that. But I think in general, it's kind of rude the way she reacted. I just cringe when someone's rude to someone who's just trying to be nice. Well, also, I think when Sheena started to cry and feel really bad and then Dana dug in and like doubled down 
it's at that point that I would have been like, I see what you were trying to do and I appreciate it. I'm just not ready for it. Blah, blah, blah. The only reasonable explanation to me is that it was a filming thing. Like she Mm -hmm. felt like Sheena was capitalizing on tragedy and trying to have that be a part of the storyline and somehow insert herself into that Mm storyline as well. Which isn't honestly that far-fetched. Okay, so the next major thing that happened was the Stassi meltdown at the restaurant, which I was fully mortified for Boa during. That was so embarrassing. You refuse to look at me. I mean, the thing about that was both women behaved so badly. Kristen and Stassi just were so embarrassing. When Kristen was laying into Bo and saying, like, you're afraid of her. I just thought that was so rude. Yeah, of course he's going to choose, like, the woman he's about to propose to, like, over you. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. It's wonderful that you brought them together and set them up, but he's never going to choose you over her. And if if it doesn't make her happy for him to be friends with you, he's going to, like, lessen his friendship with you. Get over it. And it's not about being afraid of someone. It's about being respectful. Yeah. And another thing is Kristen just strikes me as the classic guys girl who loves to be the cool girl who like SHIT's thank you mom on all of her guy friends, girlfriends. And I don't know. I just like that really rubbed me the wrong way. About Stassi though. I mean, the yelling in public, the yelling in the middle of the party. I mean, at her own book signing. Can we return to that? It's so bad. It's so loud. It's in such poor taste. And I really like Stassi, but I don't know. Those scenes always make me kind of cringe. She didn't yell at the book signing when we were there. No, I'm sorry. Book release. Like for her party. Yeah. When she yelled at Tom. I mean, I think... I think it must be just she knows that's part of being a reality star. I don't know. But what's your position on her and Katie abandoning their friendship with Kristen? I mean, I've never honestly been a Kristen fan. It's no, never... no. But do you think it's warranted? Do I think it's warranted? Yeah. You do. Why do you think that they've done that? I think that Kristen brings the drama to their friendship. I think that Katie and Stassi have basically always had like a pretty great friendship and Kristen has always brought the drama. They're kind of older and over it. I also just think they've totally outgrown her. Okay, so when I was just watching the show, I thought it was really terrible that they'd basically abandoned her as a friend and I was not a fan of this mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it made me think really negatively about them Okay, because it seemed like it was based on nothing, but I've done some research and the funny thing is that was totally a leading question because oh, I thought you were gonna, yeah, I thought you were gonna say, like, I thought you were gonna say that it's crazy that they've just abandoned her as a friend seemingly for no reason. So I've done some research. I listened to Stassi's podcast. I listened to Lala and Randall's podcast about this whole fight. Lala and, and apparently podcast? Yes, they oh. do. I only listen when they have a guest on that I like, but um, yes, they do. It's I, I'd like to apologize for everyone having a podcast. This is insane. I know. So what, what have you gathered? The download basically is that Kristen didn't really talk about Carter on the show. But she was having so many issues with Carter. And and I don't know if you have a friend like this, but she was extremely emotionally needy over her relationship with Carter. Oh and gosh. both Stassi and Katie would spend hours mm-hmm. and hours and mm-hmm. hours on the phone with her and just go over to her house and were just completely emotionally drained by this relationship. And basically on and off for years, like this went on off camera. And so I think – if you listen to any of the Vanderpump people talking to each other or talking on podcasts and interviews, they all talk about how like it's very much known in that cast who is pulling the weight and actually exposing their lives and who is not. Like Jax always talks about the fact that he is the one who shows what's going on in his life and mm-hmm. Tom and Ariana don't. Yeah. Jax will completely show that he's cheated and go through the ringer because yeah. he knows that's what what that's what makes great television. That's his job. But if you look, Tom and Ariana don't really. Nope. Lala is not really showing much of her life this season. Like there are many of the cast members who kind of 
just take a back seat and are on a free ride. And so I think that Kristen knew she didn't need to stay on the show and knew that it was important for her to pull that weight. And so she said to Katie and Stassi, hey, bring up the Carter thing. I want to talk about it on camera because obviously like she wanted to bring the drama. Stassi said they had a conversation. They basically said, hey, you need to be authentic with your life. You need to show what's really going on. And she said, okay, I want to talk about Carter. I want to talk about my issues on the show. Bring it up. They did. They brought it up on that winery trip. And Kristen completely made them look like biatches, like made them look terrible for bringing it up, like they were bad friends. And then I guess what really what really pissed off Stassi and what she said basically ended the friendship was she thought that Kristen would, at the reunion, after seeing the show, would come around and realize that she had treated them unfairly and basically made them look like bad friends bringing up her bad relationship but instead of the reunion she doubled down on them and so she just felt like after all the they felt like after all the emotional support they'd given them or they'd given Kristen for her to make them look so bad on national television was like a total betrayal it's so interesting when these things are like they it comes down to like what happens off camera and how it relates to what happens on camera and how you can't explicitly talk about that but it's you know, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, watching the show, I really don't like Katie. There's nothing that appealing to her to me. I think she gets a bad edit. Though. I struggle with finding like a likability aspect to Katie. Yeah. But when I listen to the interview on Stassi's podcast with both of them, I really liked Katie. Her j- voice had a gentle, melodious tone. And melodious, if you will. Yes. And she talked about like the many times and hours she had spent like for years trying to help Kristen. And I know that I've had friendships where I've taken on that role of ongoing therapist for someone. And you know, those people who are just, they actually never want to change. They never want to make it better. Never. It's all about the drama. They yeah. love the drama. Oh, yeah. And that is Kristen. Kristen is is like fully just thrives on turmoil. I want to amend my statement about not seeing a likability in Katie. I do actually think that Katie is a really good friend. I feel like she takes really good care of the people that she likes. And so like in those ways, she's probably a great person. Speaking of amending statements, I want to just speak really quickly to the bow thing. Mm-hmm. I had a few people reach out. I'm not going to call them out by name, but two people, um, maybe three, came after me about it. Good. And I'm going to say I'm actually not afraid of saying what I think and disagreeing with people, but I have changed my tune on Bo. I've listened to a few of Stassi's podcasts with Bo. Yes, I have, Chandler. (gasps) I've listened to a few of their podcasts, and it does appear that he does work, which I was always skeptical of. It does appear that he does work. Yeah. And that, I mean, I'm very sensitive to women being taken advantage of. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And so it does appear that he is contributing to their life together and he is not along for a free ride which was always my fear with them and I do think there is is something truly special about their chemistry and the way he does let her shine Mm -hmm. and I think that they are basically like a great match and I and what's interesting is they were talking about like the fact that he didn't pay for her engagement ring on the show and they, they were both saying how great it was because they could use the money for like stuff on the house and they talked about that on her podcast and so it was just it was interesting like it was truly clearly a partnership and he was contributing I don't know if I could get past the bad tattoos I really definitely did not wish that for sweet Stassi but I will say I fully fully embrace the Bo Stassi union I'm I wow. am behind. I am now a fan, I would say. 
Oh my I gosh. Mean, by episode Are people going to call me a flip-flopper? Am I going to be like Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney. Involved? You're literally Mitt Romney. Um, and I'm so happy about this flip-flopping. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Welcome. Yeah, I'm a bow stand. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to Roni. Yes. This was a great great episode. It was a really full day. We open on our dearly beloved ladies, still away for the weekend at Ramona's uh, Hamptons abode. The day is marked really by the arrival of men. We start off with our Italian tennis coach, Adriano. Gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Uh, He's perfectly bronzed. Adriano looked like a Greek god and this reminded me of a certain time in my life where I referred to a man in his presence as Adonis uh, and Adriano was akin to Adonis. (laughs) When Luann was hitting on him and he just completely like shut her down. Oh my gosh. Not to. It was deja vu for me because there was one time in sophomore year of high school. I'll never forget this sophomore year of high school drama class. Um, there was a, a certain like couch situation. And as you do in drama class, it's not like you're sitting in desks no. reading, you know, you're kind of in groups, thespians. you're lounging. Yeah, you're, you're thespians doing whatever. So anyway, it was like the last 10 minutes of class and we were all hanging out and I was with this guy, Clayton Conway. Clayton Conway where are you now I remember having a big crush on Clayton and I just started kind of like brushing my shoulder against his we were sitting on the couch together and I was kind of thinking like we'd start snuggling ew on like a public school couch you're disgusting 100% I was so desperate and the reason why I liked Clayton was I thought he looked like Damien Rice so that just goes to show my my school couch no less it was pretty seedy, the whole experience. But the funny part about it is later word got back to me that Clayton told his friends that I was acting weird that day. So <laughs> apparently my advances were not uh, reciprocated. Yeah. And I was so Luann on the tennis courts asking asking Adonis to hang out later. And he's just, what did he say? Not today. Maybe another day or something. <laughs> she was like, today? And he was like, maybe not today. Oh my God. So anyways, Adriano... It was great. We loved him. And the next set of gentlemen that arrived were the dog groomers. They were both really well-groomed, uh, really well-groomed men who groom dogs, perfectly spray tanned. One, the more attractive one for sure, appeared to be wearing a Vince deep V-neck circa 2011. Shout out to our mom who stands with I, Stan. She is a Vince Stan. She's a Vince Stan. Um, um, I, I loved a deep v I would say, back in 2005. I'm not sure I'm on the deep V train now that I'm out of high school. Would you you want your boyfriend to wear a deep V? Can you imagine? It's actually so gross. And I used to think that was so hot. No. Yes, like a chain and a deep V. If you had some light jewelry and a deep V. And a a pair of seven jeans on. It's just like, take me to places I've never been, a la Taylor Swift, please. So basically, we witnessed their dog massage. They give the dogs a massage as part of their grooming package, I suppose. Luann then asks for a massage herself, and our deep V Vince is happy to oblige. Um, More than happy. Staff are really never safe from Luann, and today, that day was no different. (laughs) Um, You know, this really brings us to our third, fourth gentleman of the the day, which is Jeff. And... Jeff was no Italian tennis coach, and he was no perfectly spray-tanned dog groomer. I don't think you would have mistakenly called him Adonis. No, definitely not, and under no circumstances. This night really takes a turn. A turn for the best, I would say. Turn for the best. Yes. Tinsley and Leah get naked. 
and get in the pool. I want to know what temperature was outside. This was plaguing me the entire episode. I was like, is it cold at all? Or is it like a humid summer night? I wasn't sure. Um, but anyways, Leah, in a fit of courage and bravery, really, she attempts to remove every single tiki torch from Ramona's backyard. Um, yelling, I hate tiki torches. And she has to remind Tinsley that they are um, uh, they're something that white supremacists use in modern day. Wait, okay. I, we were doing a, we, we were doing a live viewing with our friends yeah. that night. So I wasn't necessarily paying attention to the details. So I didn't realize that um, Leah tried to make those tiki torches, her hatred of them, a political stance. She was, she took a political stance that night naked. And okay. I'm sorry, but I'm actually going to call BS on that because tiki torches are just like a Tommy Bahama, like outdoor decoration. They are tacky. They've always been tacky. But recently, in past years, they've been used at like KKK marches and whatnot. Oh, they have. See, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That, So when she was fully drunk, she was saying that she was taking a political stance against the tiki torches. Yeah. She said, I hate what these represent. And then Tinsley said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she said, you don't watch the news enough. Oh, interesting. Okay, which that what, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, which is why it's political. But I, yeah. Although, and also, okay, I feel like she was removing them because they were tacky, which they are. Yeah, they are tacky. But I just thought, she, yeah, she thought they were bad decor. So I thought that was very bad behavior, and I can understand why she doesn't drink. It makes more oh sense now that it's a political stance. But how funny is it that she's barely now been on for two episodes, yes. and, she's, and just, she's fully naked? And also, like, ripping apart someone's home. You would think that, that that's behavior after you've gotten so used to the cameras. You've been doing this show for years. You had – you let it one night. You just, you know, got a little – too many I'm sheets not- to the wind. Yeah. This is why maybe it's, like, not a great idea to come back after 20 years of being sober. Just going to say it. So as the night progresses, everyone gets more and more drunk. Leah is yelling at Tinsley and Sonia to let go of the past and their names. Yes, this is all very good, but you know what I don't care to see any more of? Elise. I don't give a crap about Elise. Please go away, Elise. uh, Go away, Elise. It's blondes only. No black hair in this house. The debauchery continues with screaming fights. They pass out. There's a bowl of pa- full full bowl of pasta that Lauren pointed out next to Tinsley, which is very interesting. It looks like she took maybe two bites, which is not a, a classic move. If I had fallen asleep in the same state right beforehand, I would have scarfed that entire yes, plate down. Would have been gone. Also, it's important to note that Ramona exits her own party at her own home. The host exits the party and goes to another party in Sag Harbor. I mean, we've all been in situations where it's like we've got something else better going on, but it happens to Ramona far too often. Far too often when she's filming for her job. The fact that she was hosting and she had people staying at her home and she exited to go to another party with, I'm sure, a bunch of dreary white people is really hilarious to me. In the morning, she returns and all hell breaks loose because she sees what remains of the tiki torches in her backyard. And Leah, this is when I really, truly fell in love with Leah. She makes a move that really showed how smart she was. So while Ramona is traipsing through the house, realizing, you know, how messy everything is, Leah decides to just clean the kitchen, make it immaculate. And this showed to me that she either grew up with siblings or a mom, a mom similar to Ramona, perhaps like our mom. Perhaps like our mother. She realized that her, the move was for her to clean the kitchen and make it immaculate so that she could be, she was faultless. So that she Mm -hmm. looked like she had played no part in this. It's less that. And more that she was softening the blow. Because it's like, how mad can you really be at someone for their drunken bad behavior when they're clearly Mm -hmm. already, like, on the path to making up for it? Yeah. 
Definitely. Definitely. And we've all done that. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times I remember growing up when I would fully like clean the kitchen knowing mom was mad at me and knowing that mm-hmm. when she eventually confronted me about the situation, her heart would be softened, her cheek would be turned. Yep. True. I also just want to say I thought the I married the bank line was incredible. Oh, yeah. That's iconic, to Sonia. That's going in the canon. So good. Because it's embarrassing to say drunk at a party. It's fully mortifying to say, but it is actually really true and hilarious. Like who – I mean, that actually is a huge claim to fame. She like married like Mr. Chase. Mm-hmm. Like that is Chase. wild. Do you think Chase Banks is like his first name is Chase and he was just like more casual? Let's just call it Chase. I'm sure. He seems like a fun-loving guy. Sonia may now live in an apartment that like belongs to her daughter technically, but she really had had an iconic past. And for those reasons, like I'll always Truly. love her and respect her. And screw Elise. Elise, please don't appear in episode five. I just want to say once again, Leah gets a 10 out of 10 for me. Really excited. Okay. So moving on to Beverly Hills, Dorit's house. We open on a scene where she's doing a tour. She's like, it's the perfect size for our family. 9,000 square feet. 9,000 square feet for four people. Really? Perfect size. Like perfect size. Hilarious. And then I also loved how the modern farmhouse aesthetic. Like, Like what about this as a modern farmhouse? Have these people ever even been to a farm and seen an actual farmhouse? A farmhouse has like doilies inside, a lot of dark wood, (laughs) antique looking furniture, lots of dust. It's modern, Lauren. It's modern. I mean, farmhouses, if you've actually been stepped into a, a house in like rural Tennessee or rural Virginia that is not like completely updated like it's in Beverly Hills. These places are not uh, aspirational, I would say. But the thing that's beautiful about a farm is like the farm. It's not the farmhouse. Okay. I'm digressing. But I just want to say that I think that one of the gravest disservices on this topic that was done to me in my youth was the whole kinfolk aesthetic basically being sold to me as like an aesthetic for people who don't care about money. Like the whole like reclaimed wood, mm-hmm. rosemary, um, herbs, just sprigs lightly scattered on a table. Like I thought because I liked that look, like for some reason I was a person who just wasn't materialistic and, you know, could just live closer to the earth and closer to nature and didn't need like money to be happy. I, I actually resent reclaimed wood and the complete <laughs> false identity it gave me in my mid twenties. A hundred percent. Did you ever experience that at all? Or were you kind of like, you were kind of spared like the whole like kinfolk yeah, Tumblr, that, like, Tumblr thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm showing my age. my tender age of 29 okay moving on yeah pk and dury talk about their financial rows i just want to say do we actually believe that pk was just above broke when he and dury met i don't think so there's no way i mean like like hollywood just above broke so like he had like maybe a hundred grand in the bank you know what i bet you he could only have afforded an eight thousand square Square foot foot modern farmhouse that's really what it was and it was an imperfect size for their family at that time like it didn't have the theater for phoenix (laughs) how interesting was when the producers asked them about things like about the house being her in her name and like i know weird like breath mints scene like that i feel like they were just so squeamish well, I think we're finally getting into what's really going on. I wonder if the producers well, told him, like, you have to talk about this. Also, I didn't understand when he talked about his job. Somehow he went from being, like, something to, like, build to having a billion-dollar business. 
I don't know. It was very odd his like how he has earned his money. It definitely it definitely did not seem above board. Yeah. The I- next thing that was interesting was Garcelle's new house. Mm-hmm. Which was relatively modest. It was very a it was a spare thirty two hundred square feet. It was very Tamara Judge, Real Housewives of Orange mm-hmm. County season it like seven. Tra- it just looked like a yeah. Trash home. It, was, it looked like a new Ladera Ranch home, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which was interesting and not what I expected. I loved the prosecco with the straws. Oh my god, that I was know. about. Well, I wonder if it's lipstick. I'm not. I have no idea. When she said her husband had cheated her, cheated on her for five years. I loved that she wrote that email. I I could not believe that she sent it to his colleagues and friends. I just, chef's kiss, Garcelle. <laughs> chef's kiss, Garcelle. It's definitely one of those things, I think, that if you, the Emily Post in me w- disapproves, because I do think it's a little bit unseemly, and it's just not a good look, but it's also like... I don't know. I'm sorry. I like if your husband cheats on you for five years, I'm like, I'm sorry, he's not getting off scot free with like a clean divorce. I think I'm probably looking at this through the lens of like wanting to still stay together. And so it's probably Mm, just not the best idea to send the email. I'm like, it's going up in flames and you're getting burned. So you're taking like the Carrie Underwood, like slashing the tires approach. Yeah. Five years? Yeah, for sure. So moving on from that, we go to the Kyle Sutton dinner. Honestly, all I learned is that Kyle looks stunning by candlelight in that meal. Kyle like, is so stunning. She is stunning. What do you think about Aaron? I mean, <laughs> I think we can guess Jeffrey I, Morgan. I think I'd like to plead the fifth. Okay. Denise. Well, what do you think of Aaron? <sighs> It's like you hate yourself for your reaction. I like, I feel, you hate yeah, yourself. I hate myself. I, I'm not, like, I don't feel like a feminist if I like Aaron. <laughs> you don't feel like a good person. Mm-mm. You don't feel like you have good taste. No. It's like the basest hormones in you react. It's a carnal instinct that I, <laughs> I can't rid myself of no matter how much na- I try. The natural man is an enemy to us in this situation. It really is. So anyways, we can just move forward. Okay. How much were you dying when te- uh, Teddy was drafting the text? Teddy with wet hair in her Hollywood Hills home with her assistants drafting the text about the all-in retreat. Oh my gosh. I was just cringing as she was talking about it. Like that is the last thing I would want and to go to. And you and I love the surf and sand. We've been there many a time together. I have beautiful memories there for sure. But that is not where I want to be. No. And you know what? I'm sorry, but an invitation that's like, come for this, come for that. When it's like two hours from your house, like it's not like you can just like drop by for one like session. And you have to be in exercise clothes the whole oh, day. No. Like, you know, like you're going to have to be like doing a downward dog, it doing a jog. camp a little bit. <laughs> to- totally girls camp vibe. Yep. The only other thing I wanted to say about this episode was I felt really bad for all of the, all of the women who paid thousands of dollars and went to the all-in retreat with Teddy and probably like they filmed during it and were excited to meet some of the housewives Mm -hmm. and were excited to do some cardio and then had to watch this episode and realize how all those women did not want to go and probably like felt really embarrassed for like sincerely showing up and we're all in for that experience and then realizing Um, it was just like chump change to those chicks. I do not feel bad for them at all. I'm sorry. If you spent a thousand (laughs) dollars to go to Teddy Mellon camp, like accountability 
like retreat at the surfing stand. If you're an Orange County mom who does that, I do not feel bad for you at all. You do not have my sympathy. Sorry, ladies. Anything else you want to touch on in Beverly Hills? No, just excited for what's to come. Oh, yes, I well actually, I did think that Aaron taking care of Denise was very sweet. I did, and despite his like you know pseudoscience, that was ridiculous. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I it's a secret that NASA is using this technology, yes, which is total BS. It's also licensed to me, and I'm going to talk about it while we're filming a mm-hmm. show. I'm yeah. not supposed to say that. Okay, we're not stupid, Aaron. Gosh, yeah. But honestly, he, that being said, he could still get it. Yeah. That being said, we hope to see more of Aaron in future episodes. I just want to end the episode with some iTunes reviews with some gratitude. What do you say? Let's end on a high and let's end with a little bit of gratitude like you said. Okay. Okay. This is what's amazing. We have two new reviews on iTunes, a total of 23 ratings (gasps) and six six times people have written in. Okay. Which is honestly shocking to me. That's amazing. You didn't even tell me this. Well, I'm telling you now. Okay. It's actually shocking to me that we have – that there are 20 – the 23 people have done this and that we have had six people actually take the time to write something. It's so nice. So I love to just read the new reviews. Yes. Because they do mean so much. The first was written on 424, so roughly three days ago, which is pretty – Recent. I just can't believe I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Anyway, as a 26-year-old still on their parents' phone plan, when I heard that this podcast was canceled a few years ago after the threat of being cut off from a family phone plan, I knew I had to listen. If you're someone who frequently thinks about Alex Nyers, do you know who Alex Alexis Nyers? Nyers. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're someone who frequently thinks about Alexis Nyers, little brown BB heels, <laughs> you'll love this podcast. It's like hanging out with your sister and your and your most fun best friend and catching up on all the latest gossip. A great way to keep caught up on the latest pop culture news that also has relevant, smart, insightful and analysis smart insight and analysis on culture as a whole. Oh my we gosh. Then ha- yeah, how nice is that, that is from so someone nice. named I Love the Killers smiley face? Oh my god. Do you know who this is? No, I don't know who this is, but I like them already because they love Alexis Nyers and I frequently think about those little brown BB heels. Do you know and do you, you know love the-, the Killers? I do love the Killers. I yeah, I I that's a story for another time. Do you know you, do you know what, she's many- refer- what um he or she is referencing? No, I do not. Like the bling ring or anything like that. I don't know who that is. You know, like that iconic piece of film where the girl is like, oh, this is Alexis Nyers calling. To, and I'm, she's calling like a this. reporter about like how she she reported that she was wearing like six inch heels. But really, she was wearing like little brown BB pumps or something like that. I've never, never okay. heard of this. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. Lauren will, Lauren will learn because yeah. it's an iconic piece of film. Ashley loves it. Anyways. So nice of her to write. So nice of her to write that in. And then we had another called Perfect Palooza of Pop Culture by JKJKBJQ or GKU. I think it's just some smattering of letters. They say, it's like sitting with your friends or in the case of social distancing, wishing you were. If you're not laughing, you're crying from laughing. The personalities (laughs) and true pop culture knowledge keeps you on your toes. All this to say, you won't regret listening to this podcast. P.S. Still waiting on links in the episode notes. Oh my gosh. I know, right? so wonderful. E. Who is E? I mean, I can't believe it. That's wonderful. It's shocking to me that we have reviews from people that we potentially don't know who they are. I, mean, I don't know who these people are. That is really kind. I'm. Please reveal yourselves. Please send us a DM. Yeah. We want to thank you. I'll send you some cookies. 
or I'll send you a cookie recipe. I mean, if, the, if, you're, uh, with, if you're within the radius, don't be, don't be foolish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But expect a greasy box. <laughs> That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.